This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. Sports news, views and interviews for our community. The Locker Room with Ben and Rolly on Joy 94.9. It is the Locker Room on Joy 94.9, four minutes past seven on your Wednesday evening. Locker Room, your show for sports news, views and interviews. Thanks to Gary Wilson for the Joy 94.9 News and, of course, to Chris and SJ for Crash driving you home this afternoon. Mark Rowley Roland, welcome back. Thank you, Ben. I've, uh, it's a bit, bit hard to get used to the time zone again, but um, I was lucky enough to be over in Lisbon for the uh, the Dark Horses rugby team over there was holding their annual pitch be- oh. beach pitch rugby for, uh, rugby match on the gay beach over there. Did so, you, uh, you have a run? Yeah, I did. The sand was very hot. And it was sort of a bit hard, you know, you kick the ball out into a couple of uh, naked uh, sunbathers and uh, <laughs> sort of, you know, sort of... Uh... Definitely a different type of, uh, of footy, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Mark, tonight on the show, big show, uh, Antwerp Out Games coming up next month. Yeah, so we've got Malcolm Campbell uh, from Team Melbourne, Lorraine Little, the Australian ambassador for the upcoming Antwerp Out Games, which is going to be really good to hear about and how the Aussies are going to go over there. Uh, we will also be joined in the studio by Tim from Melbourne Argonauts, Melbourne's queer rowing club. Uh, sexism has reared its head in world sport recently, and we will touch on that uh, topic tonight. So it'd be great to uh, get your SMSs. And we will also be talking Tamborelli. With now, the... what is this Tamborelli? Well, it's the World Cup in Germany next week for Tamborelli. Um, it's the sport you play with tambourines. More on that Mm-mm. later. Jump straight into it, though, Rolly. About a couple of weeks off. But what have you got this week in Mark Rowley's Roundup? For those of you who like to play their sports from the couch, Grand Theft Auto players can now take a break from killing innocent bystanders and get involved in a good old game of tennis. The Gamological Society website has reported that fans have been asking for a tennis feature since the rumours of the previous version of Grand Theft Auto was to feature a dream sequence of the main character winning Wimbledon. Hang on a second, hang on a second. So Grand Theft Auto, which is where you go around shooting people, stealing cars, carrying on. Tennis. You can now go and have a hit of tennis down the country club. Oh, but that's, that's, that's going further. Right. Earlier this year, Rockstar, which is the developer of the game, released a teaser for the new Grand Theft Auto version, which included screenshots of the players on a tennis court. However, industry analyst Michael Pechner said that it'll probably just end up being a mission where you just shoot all the people on the tennis court. (laughs) A spokesman of Rockstar has disagreed with this and said that the tennis feature is legitimate and said that gamers will be able to play tennis for real. Grand Theft Auto will also feature yoga, surfing, and golf. Something for version. everyone this year. Oh, it's fantastic. You wouldn't order. even have to leave the couch. Kill a person, play golf. <laughs> um, <laughs> fans are getting pretty excited with blogger Granite Master Smith writing, It will be cool. Rockstar doesn't half-ass their mini games. You can actually play yoga in this new game. It's so cool. How exciting. 
know. Obviously written maybe by some, a homosexual. Maybe some gaming fans out there. Text us in 0427 Joy 949. Tell us what you think of the new Grand Theft Auto soon to be released. Uh, MB star, NBA staff Baron Davis has claimed he was abducted by aliens during a recent drive in the Californian desert. The New York Knicks player told hip-hop website West Coast Riders, that's with a Y, the encounter <laughs> happened as he was travelling from Las Vegas to Los Angeles two weeks ago. He said, I see this truck, it's a big ass truck, and I said, oh, starts with an F, this is going to be traffic, he said. Driving, driving, the next thing you know, there's a steel thing, and these crazy-looking people, half-human, half-ugly-looking mother effers, they were poking me on the nose, looking at my eyes. They had my hands tied, and the next thing you know, I was in Montebello, dude, burning rubber on the way back to L.A. at four in the morning. Hang on, hang on a second, hang on a second. So, NBA player mm. thinks he's been abducted by aliens. Yes. Just driving down the road. Yes. They were ugly. Right. Mm. Oh, glad he got made it back home safely. Well, Divers, who's been sidelined with serious injuries since May 2012, said he was so shaken up by the experience that he had to visit a nearby Burger King to calm down. Mm. Maybe an overdose on those peptides or anti-obesity yeah. drugs or something. I, I was about to say, the, from the, his language given, it sounds like that he's on something. Well, uh, and it's not the onion rings. There's the peptides. <laughs> Definitely. Peptides. <laughs> Two soccer teams in Nigeria, Plateau United Feeders and the Police Machine, posted very big wins. Wa- in the final round of an amateur tournament to earn promotion to Nigeria's professional football leagues. Their wins were certainly big, being 79-0 and 67-0. This is soccer. Yes. 79-0. Yes. Wow. That's uh, that's almost a goal a minute, isn't it? Were they playing the Xbox version where, well, where the player 2 controller about, was, was doing nothing? a goal every 80 seconds, uh, my maths is correct. Well, yeah, you'll uh, find that the Nigerian Football Federation has called the results in the northeastern city of Bachi a mind-boggling show of shame. Chasing a place in the nationwide league division, Nigeria's lowest professional league, Plateau United Feeders reported their 72 of their goals against uh, their opposition in the second half. A rate of more than a goal a minute. In fact, a goal every 40 seconds, non-stop for 45 minutes. Every 40 seconds. That's got to hurt. Yes, that's exactly right. And, uh, well, they were actually at one point sprinting back with the ball. They were hiffing it. The one of the opposition goalie was getting the ball back to the halfway so they could get going again. <laughs> at the same time, the other team, Police Machine, which was playing on the opposite field, reportedly swept 61 goals past Babiuaro Babi FC in the second half after leading by a relatively modest 6-0 at half time. <laughs> <laughs> I suggest you don't play your Ouch. final soccer games next to each other. So I think there was there was something going on there. They're trying to outdo each other. The interesting thing is Plateau and Police won their opening games at the start of the season 2-0 and drew 0-0. So huge improvement yeah. for uh, Plateau and the Police Machine. So um, good on them. So cutting over to the Tour de France, uh, English writer Mark Cavendish has had a liquid thrown at him, which he initially thought was water before realising what was the taste. It was urine. It is not known where the Kevin did. Hang on, hang on, hang on. He's riding down the road, yes. Tour de France. Someone throws urine at him. Yes. What, in a bottle or something? Or just like, sprayed it? Or, <laughs> or I think cannon? it was the old cup and, cup and throw, I think. <laughs> uh, it was not known whether Cavendish, who faced booze and jeers during his ride, was, was targeted deliberately. The incident came just after a day after he was caught up in a controversial moment towards the end of stage 10 as he tried to contest the sprint finish. He collided with Dutch Min, Tom Velas, who was sent crashing to the ground by the impact. Cavendish has been cleared by any blame by the race organisers and called Vera's to say he never knocked him off on purpose, but Velas is understood to have rebuffed the approach. 
teammate Jerome Pinot said Cavendish was whistled by spectators on the morning. Yesterday I was so proud about the support, but today I am ashamed. Wow. Ashamed when my friend Mark Cavendish tells me he's been whistled and even sprayed with urine on the course. It's scandalous. Uh, Britain's Chris Frome added, it ruins the whole atmosphere for the spectators coming to the sport. Well, it wouldn't well, that's exactly what I mean. I mean, one individual doing that just leaves a bad taste in your mouth, he said. Oh. And when I just said, and a bad taste in Mark's mouth as well. <laughs> I reckon that's two urine stories you've presented in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Something about urine. <laughs> Everyone loves throwing urine, it seems. <laughs> Sex sells, urine sort of sells. Um, he may have slipped the noose. Uh, with the Wilford damages charges against him, discharged by Ken's magistrate yesterday, but no sooner had gorgeous George Burgess breathed a sigh of relief than a new problem reared its head. Nude pictures of what appears to be 21-year-old Rugby League South pinup have surfaced online, finding their way to a men's gay porn site. Ben, do we know what... So he, he snapped a few selfies of himself in the mm-hmm. bathroom, the old mirror shot that you see around, mm-hmm. and it's made its way onto uh, a gay porn site. Well, I suppose that's what happens when you put them on Twitter. Yeah. Um, how exotic. Anyone can take it. <laughs> yeah, or should so. I say how erotic. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're not sure what... I'm not sure what the will for damages charges are. Do we know at all? He seems to have gone to court for something and then gone back home and taken selfies of himself naked. <laughs> so, I Obviously mean, feeling good about his win and, you know, yeah, exactly don't, right. don't you normally Celebrating. do that yeah. um, South League Club uh, with the Rabbitohs has decided not, they are not going to take any calls. They've just gone blank and they're not going to worry about it. So that's interesting. Um, what have we got tonight? The Origin. Uh, with Queensland vying for an unprecedented eight straight series victories, pressure on New South Wales in the streak has never been higher. According to Maroons legend Petro Sevilla Siva, engaging in the Biff will come at a cost, saying the first team that loses its call will end up losing the match. As we know, there... It's been a bit of Biff this year. Yeah, which has been um, getting a bit bloody ridiculous. So mm. um, hopefully they can keep it out, play some good rugby league tonight. It will be hey, a big match and it will kick off just as we come off air this evening. Well, that's certainly right. I hope you're all up to date with world news and sports. You're on The Locker Room with Ben and Rowley on 94.9. You're on Joy. You're inside the locker room with Ben and Rolly on Joy 94.9. Joy 94.9. We have gay sport royalty in the studio, Mark <laughs> Rowland. <laughs> Joining us uh, in, in the studio now is Malcolm Campbell, president of Team Melbourne and the Australian ambassador for the um, Antwerp Out Games next month. Lorraine Little, welcome. Welcome, Ben. Hello. Thank you, guys. Thanks so much for joining us. Lorraine, let's start with you. The Out Games in Antwerp next month. Mm-hmm. Let's just clarify something, because I always get confused. There's an Out Games and there's a Gay Games. What's the difference? Why do we have two? Well, why we have two is a really long story, and, and the solution to that, I think, is just to get a few people's heads and bash them together and solve it. Nothing um, you can't solve over a pot of beer and a parmesan, right. surely. Um, it, it goes way back to a split that's just too complicated to deal with right. uh, in the space of time we have, and it... Uh, Certainly the desire on the ground from all the participants, all the different teams, Sydney's, Team Melbourne's, is that we dearly wish that there would be a unified one world mm-hmm. event. Yeah, because we, we don't want to go away every year to a game. Well, my bank we have balance to, can't afford <laughs> yeah. so well, That's going to be my next question. So do athletes go to both at the moment um, or do they choose one or the well, other? Well, Melbourne doesn't favour either. Um, we encourage people to go to whichever. Some cities around the world are uh, uh, affiliated only with the mm, Federation mm. of Gay Games or the Gay and Lesbian International Sports Association, right. which um, promotes the Out Games and the Federation of Gay Games promotes the Gay Games. Whereas here in Melbourne, we just say, mm. go to whichever ones you like. Mm. And so um, 
this year is the Out Games in Antwerp, and then next year is the Gay Games in Cleveland in the US. Um, so we're talking about Antwerp today, but in the future we'll be talking about Cleveland and also a regional Out Games uh, next May. In Darwin. Darwin. Yeah, that's mm, right. Yeah. Really exciting. Yeah. We spoke to the guys over there a little while ago and they're very excited to I think, have the gays I think Darwin on. is just going to be an extraordinary location mm. for the regional event. Um, Malcolm and I were both involved pretty heavily with bringing the first Asia-Pacific Art Games to Melbourne mm-hmm. um, and then the next ones were in Wellington and thus the next ones ahead in May are in Darwin. Very thrilled about that location. But let's talk about Antwerp. Let's do that's that. That's what we're here for. <laughs> but, um, yes. I like that from the ambassador. That's yeah. great. So, <laughs> yeah, it was well, part of my job. Oh, no. How so? How is the role going? Is it, is it quite time-consuming? What, what are the events well, you've Well, I'm on? still waiting for my limousine to rock up to <laughs> take me around. At the moment, I'm still jetting about, which actually probably is very appropriate for Antwerp. I'm, ju- I'm still getting about on my bike. Yes. Oh, fantastic. Um, oh, that's good. I'm in training for, for Antwerp in that sense. Um, and Lorraine, what, what sports are you competing in? I'm a volleyballer. Okay, fantastic. Mm. Yeah. So um, the Spikers? Yes, Melbourne Spikers, okay. a founding member of that club. Uh, so it's really thrilling to have a few teams going from there. Mm. Um, and I know I've said it before, I'll probably say, say it again after Antwerp, but I think this might be my last event. How many for you so far? Oh, God, most, most of them and a few medals. She's very young, so she started very young. <laughs> oh, thank you, Malcolm. But, um, look, yep, the my, body's breaking down, though. It is, it? the back. But, yeah. um, look, my, my main role in... in taking you know supporting and encouraging people to go to Antwerp all along was just knowing a bit like with Darwin I just thought Antwerp is the perfect city for this kind of an event it's a small uh, beautiful um, European city great transport architecture Mm. contemporary design so anyone any interest whether it be really kind of classical art history stuff or really contemporary modern design and clothing and so forth can be covered off and the good thing about it is it's a compact size city mm, and mm. a lot of the European cities are like that and mm. so it's easy to hold an event because it doesn't take you long to get to each of your sport venues. Absolutely and, and a bit like Amsterdam um, games way back, it, it'll be so lovely to be there because you'll see everyone because yeah. of the size and scale of the mm. place. Um, at, the, at this point in time there's about 6,000 6, plus wow. um, registered athletes. From about 80 plus countries. Uh, yep, yep mm. 32 sports. But in, I thought this was an important thing to note on Joy is that it involves some, something like 1,500, that's 1,500 volunteers. Yeah, it's an incredible event to put on. The event wouldn't happen without mm. the volunteers. Yeah. yeah. And so that's supported mostly by, I imagine, local volunteers oh, yeah. from, yeah. from Antwerp. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. They're, they're not necessarily gay or lesbian. They're just part of the general populace who want mm. to make these uh, events uh, successful. Mm. The, the very interesting thing to point out is that the Prime Minister of Belgium is actually opening the Games, wow. and he is an mm. out gay man. There you go. Oh, yes. There you go. So, so that would have imagine been a big part of their bid, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, like imagine Kevin opening our games. Yeah. Well, interestingly, <laughs> Julia, Julia Gillard came out in support of the Sydney's um, bid to host the Bingham Cup, the Gay Rugby World mm. Cup. That's right. Um, and went on a video in support, which was great. Mm. She's no longer in office, though, so it'll be interesting to see uh, see what happens there. Maybe mm. maybe Kevin will if he's, uh, oh, if if he he's still the prime votes, minister. That yeah. is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so let's talk about the Australian contingent going over to Antwerp. So how many um, different sports are we going to be represented in? Oh, about. 15 sports, mm-hmm. um, and we've got about 100 going from Melbourne, wow. and from Australia about 300 all up, so another 100 or so from Sydney and about 100 from the rest of the country. Great. And mm. do you all sort of travel over together and stay together and sort of you know operate as a team in that sense? Or Yes, we've, we've tried to do that with Melbourne. We have a general team hotel, mm-hmm. which is um, actually the official Out Games hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a partnership with a uh, travel company, and they organised that hotel, and most of the Melbourne athletes are staying in the 
than one hotel. Uh, so it's mm-hmm. fantastic. We've got a really good rate too. So It'll be a great atmosphere, no doubt. Oh, it will. it will. So there's other stuff that happens outside of the sport as well. It's not just about the sport. Obviously, that's why you go that far. Mm. But there's so much else, so many other reasons why people travel to events like this. Yes. Well, going back to your original question, in fact, what, what differentiates the out games from the gay games is that this, the absolute structure of out games is that there, are, there is sport, and that's the major component, but there's also a human rights, a major international human rights conference mm. that's got to be part of an out games. It's three days, international speakers, and, and incredible. I know in Wellington, the um, sessions I attended at, at, at that event were, were remain some of the most powerful memories I have of that whole wow. event. Mm. Uh, even though I won, a, I think I was I won a bronze in B grade men's volleyball. Go Ooh. figure. Yeah. <laughs> Rolly, we spoke to Ollie from uh, from Darwin, who's the uh, chairperson of the Darwin Out Games, and, and she said that the, one of the things they remember about Wellington was that the games was a big part of um, the mo- the gay marriage movement in New mm. Zealand, and mm. it was a, it, it was a really big driver. So it'll be interesting to see in Darwin next year whether we see that sort of snowballing effect as well, mm. and you know, translating into potentially um, you know some more widespread support or if nothing else a bit more um, of profile for the issue oh yeah. absolutely well going back to the um, the, the, um, Ant- the Belgian um, Prime Minister he he addressed the 67th Assembly of the United Nations recently um, and included reference to Belgium hosting or Antwerp hosting the gay ga- the out oh, the out games <laughs> the rain. Um, oh, um, and I think that's extraordinary yeah. to, to have that kind of mm. acknowledgement and yeah at, at the opening will be fantastic but yeah we're, we're We've got there's a lot of parties, of course. That's, of course. that's part of it. There, there's, there's a women's a, party too, oh, there's a women's oh, party, great. the DNA swim party. That's yeah. a good boys. question. You, yeah. um, you you just raised Malcolm. A lot of press this week about um, sexism in sport. Mm. What? It, how is the women's representation in an event like this as compared to the men? Is it look? It's less, mm-hmm. uh, to be honest, because generally the people that go are the people who can afford to go, and more boys can afford to go. That's I'm not being sexist there, but we all know the the, the pay gap between men it's and shame, women. Isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, but we, we're we're encouraging women to go, and here in Melbourne, we encourage women through Team Melbourne. Mm, we absolutely. we constantly trying to encourage women's involvement and and young people as well, uh, young people's involvement. Um, but also at the games, there apart from parties, there's also a bit of culture that we all should be involved in because they're offering um, tours and mm-hmm. concerts and things like that. And one final thing, Lorraine's favourite, the Mr Gay World, is happening. Oh, <laughs> conveniently at the same time. Yes, they arrange <laughs> that. Of course, it's um it's like the Miss Universe thing. So it's yeah. like a beauty. See, I thought pageant. it was all muscle. Yeah. Be entering Malcolm? Uh, uh, no, no. <laughs> no, you have to be six foot and look right. like a model. Okay. And I'm only five six. Five year plan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, how can people sort of follow your progress when you, when you're heading over there? Is there going to be a way that uh, you know that? news from the Melbourne team will be getting back to us here in terms of how you how We're you trying to do that actually Ben, um, through some other people here with Joy. Um, there should be a, a live cross um, during your drive shows Fantastic. in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. We're trying to organise that and also we've got um, the Team Melbourne Facebook group so, which I think you're a member yes, of. Yes. Yeah, so um, we're trying to put um, results on that so Great. you know Facebook is the way I, I see these yeah. days. It won't be email postings or telegrams. It, it'll yeah. be Facebook mainly to get the results. And so. just to, to clarify about the out games and the gay games, it's we're not talking about professional athletes. We're talking about anybody who wants to come mm. and participate can come and have a go. And I think that's a great thing about an event like this. Yes. It doesn't matter whether you're, you're, you're an incredible athlete or you're someone that's just starting out in a sport or you're someone that just wants to go along with your mates and have a go for the first time. Mm. Everyone can participate. That's and right. It's, it's all about participation and yeah, being Yeah, and involved. that's absolutely true of all the clubs that exist in Melbourne. Mm. And all the queer sports clubs. That's absolutely one of their driving ambi- uh, 
goals is to just encourage participation. And but equally so, there are some participants who do operate at a very high level, Malcolm included. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Thanks. And certainly I know in Wellington there were masters swim, swimming records broken and wow. so forth. Mm-hmm. But it, by and large, and it always should be and will be, that the vast majority are people who are participating because of the sheer, the joy of it, the connection, the um, the socialising. Well, that's right. I know that I have met people mm. at the Games mm. and you see them every four years or so. And yep. It's like mm. seeing a long lost friend. And as I said, with the Facebook thing, I joined Facebook just before the last Games about 2010 and... Now I have these Facebook friends from overseas who you catch up with and then you see them yeah. in person. Mm. And it's, it's great. Um, the running community is, is really good, mm. especially. But I wanted, so if, if we have time, I wanted of to course. go back to your question about the, the rates of male and female participation. It, it, it's an ongoing frustration or challenge, I should say, for all of our clubs, one that we continue to try and find solutions to mm. but certainly again in the um, out games in Wellington they probably were the most successful uh, in general you'd have about a third female and two thirds male participation yep. mm. in Wellington that was up to about um, nearly under 50% but you know wow. it was a great outcome great. so we hope to be able to build on those um, strategies mm. and for, we know that for Darwin yeah moving towards Darwin yeah. Darwin being in May next year the fact that it's in Australia in the Asian region, it, it might be um, it might be a lot more people from Melbourne and Sydney will go because they could afford to go. Of course, and we should hopefully get more women's participation there. Mm. And once they get a taste of it, that'll be it. Then yeah. Oh, you're addicted, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Like both of us. But that's exactly why the the regional <laughs> events are so important to make it more accessible for mm, for yeah. more people. Lorraine, Malcolm, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate your time. Good luck over there. I look forward to uh, chatting with you when you're back with your bounty of medals that no doubt you'll bring in to, uh, to show off. Um, congratulations to all the participants who are heading over there and we wish them all the best of luck. You're inside the locker room on Joy 94.9. Do you want to hold your own in a sports conversation? Get a better pub quiz score or just like the sound of two boys talking about ball sports? Then join Ben and Rolly in the locker room on Joy 94.9. Ben, while I was over in England and, and swanning around, it was a bit of a sports holiday, so I went to Wimbledon and, of course, catching up on the cricket. Yeah. While I was over there, um, I strung, I come across a sport called Tamborelli, and actually it's their World Cup in Germany next year. It's um, a game you play with tambourines, uh, and it's got a giant big badminton net and a hard ball. So um, This is a big thing. Yes, yes. The Scottish seem to play it. The, uh, the, the Devonshire. I don't even think they. I don't even know if I pronounced that right. It's like Worcestershire. Yeah, yeah. Um, so look, they're going over to Germany to take on the Germans um, with their tambourines. Um, and there's a, a report that's been done by the BBC. So I thought we might have a take a bit of a listen to it now and, and see what you Tamborelli. Think. Yeah, here we go. There it is. Can you hear it? The unmistakable sound of one of the rarest sports in Great Britain. Come with me into the world of Tamborelli. It's the sport played with a tambourine. And you need to get into the rhythm and jump to the beats, whether inside or out. I always say that Tamborelli is a cross between music and sport something um, that comes between, that incorporates both. There's lots of myth and legend surrounding the origins of this sport. I've always loved more acrobatic sports um, compared to badminton and 
um, other racket sports. It's a bit more fast-paced, acrobatic. There's a lot of jumping. A higher net, which um, allows you to jump more. Which is why it's seen as a great way to get fit and increase your agility, especially on the grass, and it prides itself on suiting all levels. It's a really energetic sport and everything, and I've been playing it for quite a while now, and I really, I really like it. It's quite fun. You like move a lot more around, I think, than tennis, and you have to like dive to get shots and stuff. I just like it better than tennis. When you start, it's very easy to pick up, um, mainly the fact that the the bat is, is so close to your hand, so unlike badminton, you haven't got the distance to... So it's very easy to hit the shuttlecock, but then when, when you find a player that's, that's an equal to you, it can get very intense, it's, it can be really kind of physically demanding. To be a world champion at anything, it's pretty incredible. It's a game that when you start playing it, it's like deep in your heart, you know? It's kind of like a soulful game. So Ben, I don't physically know you, demanding sport, Tamborelli. Yeah, look, I don't know. So what do you think? I, I hope you didn't really. So you're not hiffing the tambourines at each other. No, no, I understand. You're using the the, the, the tam- bats yeah. to hit the shuttlecock across the net. Well, so. I tell you when, you, when you and I went and played badminton, I was bloody awful, and I think the reason was there was such a distance between the handle <laughs> and the racket, right? So I'm thinking that with the tambourine being much closer, it might be a little bit easier to get the shuttlecock over the net. Well, yeah. Well, and the thing is, well, these have actually taken the, the bells off the side of the tambourine for that oh, game. Oh, there's no bells? Well, it started off with the bells, but they said for the World Championships it was causing such a racket. Uh, oh, that they were part racket. of the sport. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you get that? Oh, you didn't even get that, Joe. Uh, that they had to take the bells off. But, um, yeah, look, it may be a sport we should be asking them to have at Darwin, you know, to maybe... You know, bring, yeah, bring a few a bit of international flavour. You're inside the locker room. Coming up next, we're going to be talking to Tim from Melbourne Argonauts. That's Melbourne's queer rowing club. You're on Joy 94.9. Sports news, views and interviews for our community. The Locker Room with Ben and Rolly on Joy 94.9. The Melbourne Argonauts are Australia's first gay and lesbian rowing club and one of only three independent gay and lesbian rowing clubs in the world. They aim to create a friendly, inclusive environment for those who want to row socially or competitively. We are joined tonight by the club's president, uh, president Tim Hewitson. So, Tim, how is the year going so far for the club? It's going really, really well. We've um, had uh, new members and we've been having some great success with some of our regattas this year. Um, lots of gold medals, some silver and bronze as well in the various regattas we've been competing at and we're off to Belgium very soon. So how do you guys think you'll go in Belgium? Oh, I'm sure we'll come back with a swag of medals. That's <laughs> oh, the plan. Fantastic. <laughs> how, how long has the club been going for now? This is now our 13th year of operation. Wow. Yeah, it was founded back in 2001 by some very um, forward-thinking rowers back then and mm. it's just gone on from strength to strength since then. So you're just down there in Albert Park? Albert Park Lake where's where we row and our club rooms are there too. And in terms of the rowing, yeah, I imagine you've got sort of quads and eights and you've got some individual yep. events as well so there's all different types of rowing that people can get Absolutely. involved in. Absolutely. We have singles, doubles, the fours, the eights and we have both sculling and uh, sweep rowing. So sculling with two hands and mm-hmm. um, sweep rowing with uh, one oar. Okay, so um, how many people are involved in the in the club altogether? How many would you have rowing regularly at the moment? Isn't We've got it? about sixty competitive wow. rowers, and also about another thirty or so members of the club who row from time to time or take part in various club activities. One of the things we we're just talking about in the previous interview with uh, Team Melbourne was the participation by women. I mean, what is the ratio at your club? We have about uh, twelve active female rowers at the moment, as well as additional members who are not rowing regularly. And of those uh, uh, women rowers, we've got uh, about 10 who are coming to Antwerp with us. And uh, we've been making an extra effort 
this mm. year to welcome as many women rowers as possible to the club and uh, so we can have a, a balance. Oh, that's fantastic. So, um, yeah, so they can. So, you've got something called, is it Learn to Row? Learn so to Row. So, if, yep. if uh, not only you don't have to be female, male or female, mm-hmm. if they're thinking about possibly coming down, what, what's the story there? When is it and what's it about? Right. We actually have four Learn to Row courses every year, and we've got one coming up in August and another in September. And basically, for everyone who wants to join the Argonauts, they must take part in the Learn to Row program, which is a weekend of events um, and training so that people become familiar with the basic. Um, procedures behind rowing and the basic movements then we take them out on the water but that's after they've had a session in what we call the rowing tank which is a simulated rowing experience wow. in a tank like a well yeah a simulator it's mm. you know if you think flight simulator like a think computer no 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 you're actually in a tank <laughs> right okay. you're in a tank put you in a tank with a computer <laughs> yeah, yeah. don't know if that'd work no you're in a tank with a a, a, a makeup boat and then you have, you are you're actually rowing and the water is directed around and back in a circular wow. motion so you don't actually move anywhere but okay. you can practice the so you got to do that first before you promote to a, a real boat on the real water yeah that's only a day though now tim this might come to a surprise to you yeah. but when i was in high school mm. i was a coxswain Really? Yes, I was. And, and I meant thing- that in a very nice way. <laughs> yeah, the boat was dipping in the water. Anyway. <laughs> I was on the plane. I was thinking more is tight than anything oh. else. Was far too polite. One thing that I remember is the god-awful morning starts and we had to be up at four o'clock in the morning and on the water by four five. O'clock. It was awful. Yes, it was It was awful for my parents who had to drive me there. I right, remember that. Yeah. Um, what's, how does it work in terms of rowing here in Melbourne? Do you, you said after work, before work, weekends? It's all of the above. Right. We have um, morning rowing at uh, 6 a.m. and we also have a lot of evening rowing at 6 Mm p.m. and on the weekend we have social rowing and also some crews go out for a row as well and on Sunday we have a a sculling um, session for those who'd like to go out and uh, do single sculling or double sculling as well. So if you're rowing competitively um, you would probably find you've got one or two mornings Mm -hmm. um, but you really get used to them and you you know you come to love seeing your fellow rowers at 6 a.m. before you've had a coffee. It's a a beautiful (laughs) experience I can assure you. The zoot suits. Um, in the summer, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> so your competitions are called regattas, is regattas, that right? Yeah. Right. So what what's the story there? You just um, heats and trials. Yeah. And, well, I, I'm sorry, I'm quite naive. That's about, fine. Right? So if I'm wondering, I'm wondering what a skull is, or a, I'm, okay. I'm thinking beer, but I mean, I don't think. No. <laughs> no. A skull is when you're actually using two hands, and you've got lighter weight oars in both hands, and so you're rowing. Um, with both hands down the course with two oars, so one out to each side. Okay. And a sweep boat is when you've only got one oar yeah. and you're actually rowing with the two hands still, but there's only one oar going out to yeah. one side, so it's balanced up with other rowers ah, as well. Ah, so sweep and scale. That's oh, there right. You go. So and, next time um, I watch the Olympics, I'll know what's going exactly. on. Exactly. And right. the regattas, well, there's an umbrella organisation called Rowing Victoria, and through them the various clubs hold regattas, um, and we compete against the other clubs all around Victoria on a regular basis through the summer. Tell us, what's it like to turn up to one of these regattas as the queer rowing club? How is that received by the rowing community here in Victoria and what's the interaction like between the other clubs and the people you compete against? It's, these days, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it was probably a little bit, um, not tricky, but it was a bit of a novelty, I think, or a bit strange, I suppose, yeah. back 10 years ago. I, I joined nine years ago and I, I think that the feeling has changed very, very much along the last um, nine or 10 years and uh, people are... Um, are very welcoming um, mm-hmm. we don't feel any concern in that regard in fact one of my favorite moments was at Dimboola um, which is a, a country town near Horsham and we had a regatta yeah. up there and, and our men's eight won oh, wow. and at the medal ceremony of course we were 
you know, very excited for them yeah. and we cheered the loudest. And one of the members of another club turned to me and said, I bet you guys have really good parties. Oh, I didn't actually think that's and where you were going with that for a second. I'm sorry. It's all right. I know it's a family show, isn't oh, yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, so. that's what I mean. Seven o'clock. I was, just, I was freaking out. I had, I had Adam, our producer, ready, ready to, to put, the, put the mute on. No, but it was a very great moment. So it's um, And they, they did such a good race that day. They really rode hard. And, uh, and yeah, we did have a really good party after that, to be oh, fair. I can imagine. Horsham, now, Horsham's a bit of a party town. I don't know if you knew that, Ben. I didn't. Oh, yeah. I have been once before, but oh, it wasn't. It's like Sitches, it's on the map with, with that. Oh, yeah, I'll yeah, 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 yeah. It's on the circuit. Yeah. <laughs> Tim, the uh, rowing's not a cheap sport. You've got to have the boats and all the equipment, mm, and you've mm. got to have obviously access to the water, and you've got to, right. to transport these boats around. Yep. So, you guys need support to um, make that happening, and you have some really cool events. And in fact, your trivia night is, is one of the, from my experience, one of the best um, events on the queer calendar here in yep. Melbourne. It's always a lot of fun. You've got one coming up soon. We have on uh, Saturday night, the 7th of September. In fact, prior to this interview I was just at the organising meeting for our trivia night and that's very much underway so and bookings open on Friday and oh, uh, you can uh, find out more information at our website melbournearconauts.com.au forward slash trivia Is it going to be in St Kilda again this yep, year? I like that because you could sort of just stumble across to the Greyhound it was Very convenient It was a brilliant location yeah. last year um, Camp Camp I knew you'd ask about that. I thought that was a typo on my notes. No, Camp Camp. No, Camp Camp, that's that's really what it's called. Once a year we have um, a social rowing camp where we take um, all the whole club up to Nagambi and we rent out rooms at the beautiful uh, Nagambi Holiday and Caravan Park. It's very special. Sounds luxurious. It's luxurious. (laughs) uh, But right near it there is um, the uh, National Rowing Course and also it's um, just off the Goulburn River. So we have a great time up there um, and uh, celebrate our Argonautness mm-hmm. um, on the river and have a practice and um, and have a lot of fun. That's sort of like an end of season trip. Yeah, well, yeah. Cents, well, well, this year it's be, it's kind of like um, uh, before the season starts because right. um, it's happening in August, and some of us will be away, of course, in Antwerp. Course. But um, but it'll still be happening this year with uh, with those who are st- who are staying behind. Thanks so much, Tim, for coming into the studio and having a talk to us about uh, the Argonauts and what's going on. Look, it sounds, I always love the trivia night, so we'll be making sure we get out to get the tickets. Um, you're good luck in Antwerp. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, we're yeah, looking forward to Melbourne representing and bringing back some, uh, some booty. Well, we've mm. got 28 rowers going, so we're um, hoping you're with for a, chance. a great result. Wow. We'll have to get in touch with you guys again. You're on the locker room with Ben and Rowley on Joy 94.9. The Locker Room with Ben and Rolly on Joy 94.9. Sexism in sport. We've just heard from two queer sport, well, three three different members of the queer sporting community who all acknowledge that uh, women aren't fairly represented in sport, and that's reflected in some stories out of the media this week. Yeah, it was interesting. So Marion Barr Tolley, uh, the women's Wimbledon victory. So it was a bit of a surprise, um, but it was sort of made worse by um, a lot of the sexism and the comments that were made after that. BBC commentator John Evendale casually told listeners live on radio during the cam, do you think Bartoli's dad told her when she was little, you're never going to be a looker, you're never going to be a Sharapova, so you have to be scrappy and fight? I mean, would you ever talk about a male You wouldn't. You wouldn't. Like that? Um, I mean, Bartoli then came out and said, look, I am not blonde. Yes, that is a fact. Have I dreamt about having a model contract? No, I'm sorry. Why did you even bother responding to a comment like that? Well, and the other thing is, because that comment was made, that a lot of people then have jumped on Twitter and they've, you know... It's said, a social media uproar. Yeah, well, well, no, actually, a lot of it was quite negative, that, you know, she didn't deserve to win because she was ugly, you know, and oh, it just sort of goes back and forth. And, like, one of the things that I found really interesting by the media while I was over there was all this talk about 
the first Britain, you know, the Britain, yeah, Britain now, this who was hasn't, interesting. hasn't won Wimbledon in 77 years. And it's like, well, no, hang on. Um, Wimbledon was won by Britain in 1977 by Virginia Wade. Um, but, of course, she was a woman. So, technically, that, yeah, that doesn't count for some reason. So, um, And we all remember the um, the crap that went on last year with Lee Sal Jones. You know, and they're talking yeah, about the poor way. girl. I don't know. She went on to win a medal, though, after that. But it was just ridiculous. Like, when was the last time? I remember they used to talk about Shane Warne's weight, you know, pies and chips and oh, cigarettes. Yeah. But it was always very <laughs> sort of jokingly, wasn't it? You know, Yeah, it was. It was, uh, was never criticising. No. Um, interestingly, tennis star Agnazika Radwanska. Now, have I said that right? Normally, Rolly, you... Is that correct, That, that, that is Thank correct. You. Very you. good Polish uh, translation. Now, on the flip side of this whole argument around sexism in sports, she has been dumped by a Polish, the Polish Catholic youth movement that, they were, that she was involved in because she has posed on the front of a magazine, Naked Mark Rowland. Oh, wow. So, on one side, you've got women who are competing at the top of their game and are getting criticised for being ugly and therefore not entitled to win and then on the flip side you've got those mm. who do have the assets mm. flaunting it for no doubt big big, big money well, if, you so can't, you, if you can't see the photo she's on a plastic deck chair overlooking a pool full of balls um, yeah. not very not very Catholic don't really quite get it though <laughs> like I don't know who does these photo shoots you know let, let's chuck 50 balls in the pool and just have her sitting there naked I don't get the connection what, but, no. what was the magazine was it H, H, H&M it was uh, I don't know what? T, T and something ESPN magazine. Oh, ESPN. Oh, ESPN boy. magazine. So not even a sort of, you know... If it's anyone raunchy, that knows sport, it's ESPN. Magazine. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, but anyway, obviously targeted a, uh, at a male audience. And So what's going on? Uh, I hear that um, Australians in general are racist, according to the old cricket coach. Yeah, I mean, Nicky uh, Arthur is um, South African. seeking compensation from Cricket Australia, saying that he was... Um, discriminated against because of his South African origin. Interesting this is happening. You know, we just had Robbie Deans sacked from the Wallabies as well mm. because he was from New Zealand. Well, not because he was from New Zealand, but a lot mm. of the talk from the rugby community was that we needed an Australian heading up the national team. And some would argue that rugby union and cricket are the two national sports of this country. And for both of them to be, I guess, coached and led by foreigners um, mm. caused a bit of a, a stir in the public. Whether that was reflected by the policy or, or what was being said by Cricket Australia or the Australian Rugby Union, I don't know, but interesting claims. Yeah, look, he just never stood up to the mark. And, and that, look, even though I'm a Kiwi and it was quite a sort of, I was, it was quite good actually watching the Lions and the Wallabies because I was able to just be neutral and watch Gatlin versus Dean. Yeah. You know, it was just like <laughs> the, the, whole, Kiwis, yeah. the whole thing was run by the Kiwis. So, um, look, at, at the end of the day, he just didn't, he was terrible. You know, and now that we've got... Um... Well, now he's coming out saying, of course, it wasn't me. It wasn't because of my poor coaching that the Aussies have had such a bad run at it. It's because there was a rift between Captain, of course, um, Michael Clark and Shane Watson. Apparently they had their own factions within the team and it was a toxic environment, which meant that the performance of the team was um, impacted sorry, by I this I just blanked feud. out for a minute. I thought you were just talking about the Labor Party. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. I, I, I was going to say, I think that's, that's similar along the lines of the Melbourne, uh, Melbourne Demons as well. Yeah, factions or something. Well, Look, I mean, and don't forget Homework Gate, of course. Homework Gate. The scandal where Mickey Arthur, um, you know, sacked one of his players for not submitting their homework on time. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, he is a coach. So, look, if there is a faction, you just 
don't select the faction. You yeah. know, look at the end of the day, you can't do that, of course, in politics because they're all voted in. But you know, get rid of them otherwise. Drugs in sport. We talk about it every I'm week. So bored of it's happened again. Now we've got a Jamaican and an American sprinter uh, mm-hmm. um, who have tested positive to uh, to substances, and again they're here saying that um, you know, oh, I didn't know I was putting it in my mouth. Someone told me it was okay. What is it with athletes not taking responsibility for what they put in their mouth? Can I just ask? Can you repeat that in the Jamaican accent, please, for no, the Jamaican no. listeners? No, no, no. no I've no. got no. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> <laughs> but what is it? Why? Why is it that athletes just can't say I'm responsible for my body mm. and what I put in my mouth? I'm going to take responsibility for. Look, sometimes you put things in your mouth that you don't mean to put in your mouth, and you know, like, <laughs> I mean, keep been telling few, yourself it's that. A, it's a few occasions that's occurred. So, look, I mean. I suppose it's hard, you know, it's like that one that one thing that happened with the Tour de France, everybody was taking drugs, and I suppose, you know, if you look around, everyone's taking drugs, you think, well... Got to keep up with the Joneses, I yeah, guess, to remain to competitive. Up. One last thing I wanted to mention, now, the Melbourne Rebels, Melbourne struggling um, rugby union franchise here, um, haven't had a great year, and one of their star players, Luke Jones, he's decided that he's going to have a bit of a dabble in modelling, um, mm. just in case the whole rugby thing doesn't work out. Uh, in the Herald Sun today, there's a great shot of him in his first um, modelling shoot, so mm. something definitely to have a look out for if you're a Luke Jones fan or a uh, Melbourne Rebels fan? The only thing is quite risky being a rugby player and model. You know, you only need to take one boot to the face yeah, and your nose is right. disjointed. And so it does put a target on your back, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah Go it does. for the pretty boys. Go to go for the pretty boys. <laughs> one more rugby union news snippet I'll just work in. Um, Waratahs uh, looking, sizing up Benji Marshall, an NRL convert. We could see Benji Marshall playing rugby union in Australia very soon. So that's some exciting news and we'll watch that as it develops. Of course, there's lots of whispers around, but nothing can Confirmed from either camp at this stage. Knowing Benji will want to want to do a Sunny Bill and want to play for the All Blacks, so yeah. it, it probably makes sense. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. And look, you're on Joy at 94.9. You're inside the locker room. It's four minutes to eight. A couple of messages will come right back after this. The Locker Room. Come in and get changed. Sports news, views and interviews for our community. Joy 94.9. Three minutes to eight on Joy 94.9. It's it for another week, Mark. Time for us to hit the showers once again and time for me to uh, hang up the boots for a little while. Yeah, I don't know how I'm going to hold down the fort by myself, so I'm going to have to um, get a lot of guests in, I think, to uh, to fill the slots. A few more songs, you'll be right. maybe. As long what? as you get the joy in the 94.9 in the right order, I'm yeah, sure you'll be joy, fine. Yeah, Yeah, anyway. Um, Thank you to all our guests who've joined us uh, on the show tonight. Malcolm Campbell, President of Team Melbourne. Uh, Out Games Ambassador Lorraine Little. Tim from the Melbourne Argonauts, of course. Adam for pushing our buttons, as always. And for our podcast, they'll be up very soon on the Joy website, joy.org.au. Of course, Simon, our producer, who puts all the content together for us. Um, until next week, Mark, it's been a pleasure. Yes, it's been a very good show and uh, we will see you next... Uh, well, I won't see you next week, but uh, I'll be here and Adam will be here and Smithy will be back with the AFL, so it'll be brilliant. He will be. You're on Joy 94.9. Good night. Do you want to hold your own in a sports conversation? Get a better pub quiz score or just like the sound of two boys talking about ball sports? Then join Ben and Rolly in the locker room on Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.